if we could speak at each other through devices now, from now on, that would be fantastic. Well, I mean, it's not like this current generation doesn't do that anyway. <laughs> yeah. So there might not necessarily, it was just like, who are you talking to? My girlfriend. Like, couldn't you just go talk to her? No. Like, well, <laughs> She's I mean, right over there. <laughs> or, <laughs> or as you like, like, it's like, you know, you see both, you know, like two guys sitting, like my son and his his best buddy, they're sitting there and they're like sitting next to each other on the couch and they're like texting back and forth and like, who are you guys talking to? I mean, why don't you talk to each other like we are? <laughs> don't even get me started. I'm so annoyed. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> uh, teenagers. Yeah, I know, right? Oh. Like, dude. That's what words are for. Oh. I, I did tell people, I'm like, look, this is going to be a struggle to con- continue to keep communicating through text and through emails. And, you know, this working from home is going to make it a lot easier for us to at least get on audio. Yep. And audio, you can kind of understand. At least you can hear inflections. You can hear disgust. You can hear joy. You can hear whatever. And you will at least understand the point they're making. Right. So I was like, let's do that far more often. And they're yeah. like, you mean talk to people? <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I'm going to try to find some stuff to do that's not work. I, I think I'm going to go uh, wrap all of my um, intakes on the uh, truck in some form of filters and go out for a drive. I... I, I <laughs> I don't I'm, think you I'm, need to do that. I'm looking. Yeah, I know. I'm kidding. I need to look for a, uh, like a brush bar um, with spikes on it. I'm going to put spike lug nuts on there. Um, get a couple of, or I need, you know, on the roof rack, I'm going to get a couple of like spare tires and stuff just to make sure with some gas. Mad Max that thing, man. Totally yeah. Mad Max. Good idea. And uh, just get ready. And uh, I'll, I'll have like. Are you prepared? I'll have two like of those big like heavy poles on the sides where the kids can like swing over and you know like grab stuff from other cars. Yeah, <laughs> I've the- got some pictures from the Peterson Auto Museum of the uh, Mad Max cars with those giant poles sticking up off the back. For that reason, there I'll, you go. I'll send it over so that you have some just yeah some, inspiration. Yeah, hopefully, you have like detailed pictures of how they were attached to the car. And- I have some some good detail pictures of like the f- the flames that are embossed in the exhaust pipes and stuff like like the little details like that. Nice, yeah, yeah. it's a, yeah. it's those little details that really Just, make the difference. So I'm expecting some craftsmanship from you on this. So, so speaking of which, when do we actually start dressing that way? I've I've heard, I've seen some people dressing in camo because they feel like they're taken more seriously. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I'm like full camo. Go for it, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh. That's Well, at least now there's um you know some of our friends uh, uh have I'm sure you may have seen like you know their post of like he's like oh goody, now uh they're offering drive-through ammunition. Like what? Yeah. Like we need that. It's it's hands-free. We don't, you know, no no touch um ammunition distribution. Contactless distribution. Sweet. I was like, if you can just wrap that up in a liquor store as well, one-stop shop. Yeah, there you go. If nothing else, man. <laughs> exactly. Guns and alcohol. Keep it keep it safe. Keep it sane, kids. 
Welcome to ArchiSpeak, the podcast that talks about what it's like to work in the profession of architecture. So uh, are you sheltering in place? We are. Um, actually, what's interesting is our county is leading the charge in, um, uh, how shall we say, um, affected victims. Um, mm. We've, you know, because, I mean, this is this is the D.C. suburbs, and we typically have got... You know, and I've, I've said this before on older shows and stuff like that, where, like, my kids' schools typically represent, like, you know, my my daughter's elementary school when, when she was still there had 42 different na- nationalities represented in her school. So we have a lot of international travelers and things like that. And with that, many people have, you know, come and gone um, through the early parts of the, of the, um, the virus um, before it was, you know, even shown to be something. And so I, I think it came back probably a lot earlier than people were detecting. But what's also interesting is that, you know, with all of the different people who work here, all of the different agencies that are around here, you know, you've got um, uh, Department of Defense, you've got all these different um, leaders in medical research, you've got the NIH just blocks from my house that um we get a lot of information Mm -hmm. and sometimes you're like oh that's just hearsay you know that it's just uh false news and then it comes to fruition you're like "Ah, i don't know if i want to know these things (laughs) right right jeez you know because uh my son's um girlfriend's mom works for the nih And so, you know, um, information comes around. I mean, she's not really telling us anything and I don't want her to, because (laughs) I don't want her to get in trouble. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't want to cross any boundaries of, of people disseminating information that they're not supposed to. Yeah. Right. But, you know, you've got, you know, when, when she's just taking precautions for her own daughter, then you know that, you know, you should seriously take those similar precautions for your family as well. Right. And it's been a been interesting and you know, even more so as uh, you know, as you like look through the different news media outlets worldwide, um, when they talk about the US and, you know, the different institutions that are leading the um the charge for it, whether it's the um, you know, Johns Hopkins School of Public Health and all of these other ones. And then, oh, by the way, they're also your client. Um, you have a lot of interesting information that you can get from them as well. Again, not going to disseminate any of it, or but uh, all I can say is that, you know, if they take it seriously and they're on the front lines, mm. everybody else should take it seriously too. Because, I mean, it's just one of these things that, you know, unfortunately we don't have, you know, Everybody's like, oh, but the flu, you know, spreads and, you know, kills X amount of people and all that other stuff. It's like, but here's the thing. The difference between the influenza and this 
because they actually know what it is and they can treat it. And a lot of times, most of those deaths are people like, ah, it's just the flu. I'm fine. Whereas this, you know, yeah, we know what it is. Don't know how to treat it yet. So be a little smart. Mm. (laughs) And so I have honestly learned that not, not that I wasn't taking it serious. You know, our, our office deals with a lot of people and I know you guys do healthcare as well. And your clients probably take it extraordinarily serious as well. Yeah. You know, it's just when you see them take it serious, you should probably follow suit. So uh, what about you? I I would say that, well, let's see, I've got like three different chat applications open at the same time right now, (laughs) even on the weekend. I've got every video conferencing utility installed. Uh, I think I spend more time in meetings. I think that's one of the things that... I didn't because I haven't worked from home in such a long time that mm-hmm. it is really hard for me to adjust to actually having boundaries with that kind of thing. And and my desk, God, you didn't have boundaries before. <laughs> well, but it's it's you know what's funny is it's become even worse. Yeah, I th- I I know what you mean because like my we we have two kids who are already homeschooled, so they are they're not experiencing a lot of change except for every extracurricular activity that they participate in. But they're all kind of crammed into our office with my wife, who were also worked from home. And yeah. I'm, I was not going to set up in the same space as them. I'm, I'm on conference calls all day long. And, and they're, you know, my daughter's in classes and my wife's trying to work and, and also teach them. And so I set up in another place. And that other place, the only other place, was a very small corner of our bedroom and so now, and now, like, you know, your bedroom is actually only for two things. And one of those things is sleeping. And the other thing is right. other things. So if, if you're clearly not work, <laughs> not work. And now it's like, it's right there. Um, and it's not like I can't just shut the laptop and turn off, but, but because it, I can see it and it's so available, I don't stop thinking about it. That's all. Um, so it's not like I'm, I'm working all hours, but I'm thinking about work a lot more. And I think one of the things that has really started to creep into my mind in the last few days, now that we're getting more used to this and we're actually seeing, you know, some of the benefits of it and everybody's kind of going through this struggle together is why would we ever want to go back to quote unquote normal? Because I think a lot of businesses are thinking, let's go back to normal. How, how soon can we get back to the way things were. And, you know, let's be honest, a lot of the way that things were, were broken and we were just dealing with them. Yeah. And so now I think we're in an incredible time of opportunity to kind of rewrite a lot of the rules and hit the reset button on so many different things that we actually have this opportunity. And I think that's one of the other reasons why I'm just thinking a lot more about work. Well, you know, and, and you're really kind of on the forefront of having to think about a lot of these things, but I know that the lead up to um, the shelter in place, um, orders that came down from our state and the determination on whose essential businesses and all of those other things. And thank you, governor Hogan for saying that architects are, but for some reason, contractors aren't, mm. I don't understand that one yet, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But as we were starting to, you know, um, think about these things, I was on conference calls driving in, you know, early on to try to like head a lot of this stuff off at the pass and say, okay, what, what do we need to do? And I, I told, you know, a friend of mine as we were, as we were commuting in together and I was just like, dude, 
this is going to change the way we do business from here on out. Yeah, exactly. Like, we may not we may not think that it's going to, but it is going to. You know, we were we're you know we've been growing recently um, as our as our office has. I mean, our office has been growing and adding people to the roster or looking to you know hire and things like that. Yep. And we look around the office like, oh, we don't have a lot of space, so we probably need to redesign or reconfigure the office. Yep. You know, I don't know if this is a conversation that our office is having or not, but the question is, is do we really need to now? I mean, are there other opportunities to maybe not have as big of an yeah, office totally. space as we really need? Yeah, you, you're fully virtual now, right? Well, you know, so space is a luxury. That's the way that I'm thinking about it. So, so if it's a luxury, what is the best use of it? Well, here's, you know, another just lament that I've been sharing with, you know, my clients is, you know, so we've been working, um, you know, pretty seamlessly on, uh, the project that, that I've been on. Um, and you know, here, here we're trying to wrangle this is this you know big near 600,000 square foot you know addition renovation to um you know medical research uh, facility and so we're you know we've got a variety of different projects going on at the same time we've got uh you know schematic design design development you know construction documentation as well as construction administration of enabling projects to get some of this stuff. So there's a lot of moving parts to this project. And we were talking about it and talking about how we need to manage all of those things and who's doing what and, you know, which person will be assigned to which area and, you know, who, who's like ultimately the, you know, go person for like say our mm -hmm. office and you know, like the client contact and the contractors and all these other things. And, you know, as we're in all of these other different phases you know, like, well, I'm going to need some additional information about the site visit, you know, or like I need to do a site visit so I can find out some existing conditions. Well, you know, we've got um, contractors and consultants who are coming in from different areas. And they, so their companies are looking at, you know, we have travel bans and, you know, at first it started off with, you know, only necessary yeah. travel. Well, then that started to basically taper down to no travel. Right. And so, you know, we've got um, engineers in New York, we've got engineers in um, Boston, we've got engineers in Philadelphia, down in, in Virginia. And so we've got all of these different, you know, engineers that need to get into the site. Well, mm -hmm. how do you do that? And so, you know, we're, we're managing and talking about all these different things and thinking about it. And I'll go into kind of how we're doing some of those things in a little bit. But so as as we're kind of ramping up this work from home, um, you know, effort I was talking to the client and I, you know, mistakenly log on to my computer when I wake up in the morning to go, you know, make coffee and all that other stuff. And, and almost instantaneously I start getting hit with phone calls. Like, oh, Cormac's awake. Oh yeah. And so it's right. phone calls and emails and, you know, let's do a real quick zoom chat and all of these other things. And so I commute, two hours, sometimes two hours and 15 right. minutes a day there and back. No more audiobooks for you, my friend. Well, that kind of sucks. It too. does suck. <laughs> it's part of your mental health. Like it's, it's the hygiene. Oh, it, yeah. it totally was. Well, 
you know, we, we commented about it. And so, so those two hours that I was normally commuting and still doing the eight hours in the office, you know, so that's 10 hours of my day that now are literally dedicated st- straight work. Yep. And sitting in a chair. And sitting in a chair, which I will say this, that, you know, as we started ramping up, they said, take home whatever you guys need. And, and a lot of times people were like, oh, yeah, a chair is a key piece. And I was the only one what? who said, you know what? I, I had sat through my very first because um, we were still going back and forth into the office early on. Yeah. And so I sat through my first um, conference, basically an all day conference session. And I was sitting in our chair, you know, our dining room chairs. Right. Just a wood chair. My back was wrenched. Yeah. I, I could bet. barely move after that. I'm like, yeah. Eh-eh. One of my, one of my teammates <laughs> was in the same boat and I was like, you take your chair home. And it's like, exactly. So I, I, and she did the next day we were meeting up to talk about, you know, again, this, these efforts of the shifts of the team. Cause you know, I've, I've got one of the larger teams assembled for a per project, you know, um, you know, team and, and so, you know, I, I wanted to go in with the uh, you know, principal in charge and all these other ones to sit down and talk with them about, like, all of our next steps and stuff. Yeah. And so I'm like, uh, I'm taking home my monitors. I'm taking home my docking station. I'm taking home my uh, chair. I was like, now, if by some some chance you guys frown on me taking home my chair, you can fire me, but I still have your monitors, your docking station, and your chair. <laughs> so, <laughs> so your choice I'm sitting on a yoga ball uh, because it's. I actually have other chairs around here, but I find it to be a pretty good chair to sit on. It's it's not uncomfortable. It forces me to kind of move around and right. not get like not slouching. You know, you can't slouch on a yoga ball, which is good for me uh, because like my gym's closed. I can't do anything that right. <laughs> except go for walks now that uh, that I could do before. And I think that was also part of my my normal mental and physical hygiene slash sanity right was was right. going to the climbing gym on the way home from work two or three times a week and now i can't do that so i i get a little tiny tiny slice of physical activity between the yoga ball and my hangboard and some lunchtime walks and that's it amazing i mean it's it is really kind of and again i think that's why i'm thinking about work so much is because i'm not there's it's very hard to disconnect even on a walk your, your mind just goes and goes and goes right it's one of those things where a walk is a great place to figure things out, yeah. Um, yeah. but it's not a great place to really disconnect unless you really try and you like look up, look up at the sky, look up at the trees. But a lot of times you kind of looking down at the sidewalk and, and cause your mind, you're just, you just, it's like, it's like the Tesla, right? It's looking at the road <laughs> because that's what matters when it's doing its self drive. That's me on autopilot, right? As my eyes are gazing at the sidewalk right. while my mind yeah. is racing. Uh, totally. Yeah, yesterday I think um, we were on marathon calls, and what's interesting about you know all these things is like you know everybody's just like you know you you've seen all of these memes come out. It's just like most commonly used terms during conference calls. You know, it's just <laughs> yeah, like the bingo. Sorry, I'm the late. Yeah, exactly. It's sorry, I'm late. Am I? Am I? You're on mute. Exactly, and all of this other stuff. <laughs> and most of the time, um, like yesterday was amazing. It's just like. Guys, I'm on the phone. I just want to let you know that, you know, I'm not going to, um, you're going to hear some stuff in the background. I'm actually on two different other conference calls and, um, chats what? at the same time. Now the person that we were talking to, she needed to be on all of those because of 
the position that she holds and what's going on in the world. And she's a part of all of that. Wow. Jeez. So she had to, but she also wants to know, Hey, by the way, I have this, you know, um, this big project going on that I also want to ensure is moving along at the rate that, I mean, cause you know, thankfully, um, I, you know, and let's just cross our fingers and knock on wood and all these other things that will continue to keep moving, but we are continuing to move. And, and unfortunately yeah. that we've heard from friends bars, I'm sure, you know, throughout the the country, at least that, you know, a lot of people are, you know, starting to become afraid of the economy. And so they're starting to halt projects and things like that. And, right, right. you know, and, it, and it's, it's clearly becoming extraordinarily worrisome, you know, on right. what our future is. And I think, you know, the 2008 recession will pale in comparison to what ultimately ends up here if, you know, we're not able to get back into work and things like that. Because, I mean, we literally can't even go out to go shopping because stores are closed. Restaurants are closed. Right. All these different things. Oh, really yeah, yeah. Everything's a ghost town. Yeah. You know, and so, and so, uh, but it, but was interesting is just like everybody's just, you know, like dealing with this in an, a very dynamic and almost fluid way. I mean, um, you know, that, the the constant, um, used word is this is a fluid situation and we will let you, you know, like just stay tuned. And yeah. so, you know, we, that, that's what we always continue to stress with our, um, contractors, our consultants and everybody else is like, look, you know, we will get, you're looking for information from our client. Well, our client's primary, you know, their, their primary focus right now Yes, they, they want this project to continue to move forward, but specifically, you know, the Hopkins project is they've got other things to worry about. Right. And they are not worried. I mean, they are, they are worried about this project, but bigger picture guys. Yeah. And so let's do what we can do. Let's just continue to keep coordinating between ourselves and, and get as much um, of this as we can get going. And then, you know, involve them as much as we can make sure that we, you know, like keep them informed and be as transparent as possible about any questions or concerns or anything else. And they will get back to us when they can get back to us. Yeah. So did you guys, how how did you guys deal with like continuity of your projects as you all of a sudden, everybody went to work remotely? Did, did you guys have any issues with that or? Well, you know that though we do have a lot of local projects, we also have a lot of projects that are outside, you know, like we, we fly to and, um, you know, around the, around the country and everything else. And so a lot of those, you know, we do a lot of remote conference calls and things like that when we're not actually physically on site. And so we've already had a mechanism in place with all of our clients to be able to do a lot of remote meetings. Yeah. And so it, I think, more so us than a lot of people that I've talked to, we were already set up to handle, you know, a switch to remote. The biggest switch for us was our equipment, our network capabilities, mm-hmm. and shifting from, you know, being basically hardwired in when we were in the office to everybody going, switching to um, wireless networking and how is our network going to be able to handle that 
you know, switching all of our models and stuff from, you know, basically server-based to, you know, BIM 360 and making sure that that was, you know, working enough to snuff for us. And honestly, switching from, we had X amount of licenses for BIM 360 to now expanding to the entire office, you know, so there's, you know, there was an expenditure that, you know, we weren't really unexpected. Exactly. Yeah. We did the same thing. That's what our team was basically responsible for. And I think we did, we've put over 80 or 90 models into the cloud in the last week. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, which is insane because like we didn't depend on it that much before because we didn't have to. Uh, and now we have to because we didn't have the, you know, the virtual desktop set up correct, you know, to, to be able to handle a ton of people. I mm-hmm. won't say it wasn't set up correctly. It just wasn't ever, it never needed to handle that many people. So that wasn't an option because that that takes a huge pivot. So it was like, okay, I guess we're moving everything into the cloud on BIM 360, which is not easy, right? there, We have a three-page long checklist to get things <laughs> into the cloud for every right. project. Right, right. And, and every project's different, has a different set of users, has a different set of consultants. Um, and so it's like trying to apply, you know, every project has to be opened, audited, purged, before it goes up, then once it's up, you got to go through this pretty strict check to make sure it's all working. You see how many CAD files are linked from people's desktop and <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> stupid yeah. crap like that. It's like, well, I guess I didn't need that. <clears throat> so you start to run into all these issues. On, and then you get like, you know, normal residential internet issues popping up, right? Right. People exactly. are all on wireless. They have huge latency issues where that doesn't happen on enterprise grade networking. So, um, people are like, man, it's slow. And it's like, you have no idea. Like there's, there's way more packet loss. There's, if you can hardwire in, do it. But most people can't because they're setting up their desk somewhere where they can't, or they don't exactly. have a yeah. cord, a cable to do it. Um, so yeah, it's like we, we basically put together an FAQ in our digital practice team for the whole firm about working from home and have all these different sections. And it's just living on the internet and it's just updated all the time. And, with different training links and how to do this and where to put an IT help desk ticket and where to put in a, a request for this. And, and all of a sudden our IT department went from serving seven locations to over 350 locations. And it's like, how do you do that? It's a, it's been quite a challenge, but I feel like, you know, it, it, everybody understands that it is a challenge as well. It's not like there's super high expectations for it to work exactly like it did the day before. Sure. Um, but but at the same time, it's like we want to keep this as continuous of a process as it can be and not have downtime, not experience downtime. But, uh, you know, everybody else knows that it's kind of obvious there's going to be how, or has been. How have you dealt with, like, your network security and things like that? Um, I mean, we... One of the nice things about being on BIM 360 is you're not on our network. So it's all right. done through your credentials. But if somebody does have to get in, um, you know, we have the VPN. And that is one of the biggest issues is that when people are working from home and they're on their networks and like there's a lot more security issues that could happen so luckily we had a bunch of that stuff set up already so do you just do straight vpn um type connections or so we we switched from doing our normal like vpn login to what is called a global protect and what that immediately does is connects us you know you know like my computer is a office issue laptop And so when I, you know, crank it on, even though I'm on my home internet, it 
automatically connects it as if I'm connecting at the office. Right. And so I have no, I have seamless connectivity to our servers and our licenses and all of that other stuff. So I don't have to worry about that. And, and because I'm, you know, literally one of the only people that are actually using my internet, I've actually found that I'm faster at, yeah, right. you know, at work. I mean, sorry, at home than I was at work. And, um, and so, you know, we, we, sort of had, you know, half the office kind of VPNing in and half the office was set up with Global Protect. And as we've been rolling it out, our, and you know, John Eaton. So, you know, yep. John has been working, you know, feverishly to like get everybody kind of hooked into Global Protect. And it, it's, it's increased our productivity because we don't have the lags that we were experiencing when we were just doing straight VPN because we had people who were having, and I just, while we were talking, I was, um, did a speed test on my internet and, you know, I've got, I have a download speed of 201 megabits per second, which wow. is amazing, Yeah, but we were having people who had 11, Yeah, you know, right. and they were really struggling to get things working. And honestly, in the past two weeks, the 201 is the lowest mine has been. Well, what's interesting, too, is file size does matter. Like, larger files are actually easier than a bunch of tiny files. It just because of the way that they're, all the, the networking works. Yeah. Sending yeah. a bunch of small files is much harder on the network. And so, um, and, and then there's different applications that have different levels of chattiness, right? So, like, like Revit's pretty chatty. So, it's, it's always communicating syncs and, you know, elements mm -hmm. right. and what changed and... And then there's other apps that are not chatty at all. The, the chattier ones make things go slower, and that also increases the risk of, of issues popping up. So um, there's so many things going on that, that people are just not aware of. Like, they're just expected to work, right? They're, the other issue is you've got someone in the other room streaming Netflix all day long. <laughs> yeah. So yes, that, that doesn't help. Um, we, have, we, had a, we have a huge pipe in our Ontario office that, you know, I think what... RIT director Jason is saying is that it's uh, it's never gone over. We've never used more than twenty five percent of the capacity since everybody's been working remotely. Wow! So there's plenty of bandwidth to get into the servers, um, which is good. But that's just because we have an enormous connection there. So yeah, uh, yeah. we're routing all of our traffic through there, and and when that happens, um, it it really starts to put the burden on the home networking equipment. Yeah. And so we've, we've sort of, you know, we've over the past two weeks have been kind of getting beyond that, which has been really good to be able to um, do that. And, and then, you know, we're finding that interestingly enough, I mean, yes, there is nothing that is going to replace the face to face getting up and walking over to somebody else's desk and having a conversation yeah. with them. But interestingly enough, um, the, ability to have like you know constant chats and video calls and being able to share screens and being able to actually mark up on screens when you're talking to somebody else is been you know pretty fantastic to be able to say no 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 this is what I meant or something we had a interiors coordination call um yesterday which was specifically about you know, AV equipment and AV layouts and stuff in different conference rooms throughout the building. And so we had 
six, five people, five or six people on the call. Mm-hmm. And, um, we, you know, shared a screen and because, and I, I, I heard you talk about that. You had, you know, a, vault, a variety of different, um, you know, utilities that you've been using, I'm sure. So let, let's run down the, the three main ones that our consultants or clients or everybody else has been using is zoom teams and Skype. Mm-hmm. And yes, people are still using Skype for business. Um, our contract, our contractors, <laughs> our, cons- our engineers in Boston are using teams and we are using zoom. And so there's, you know, interesting, you know, abilities for each of them and all of them have, you know, video screen, um, sharing and stuff like that. But one of the things that we really like about zoom is the annotation tools where anybody who's on the call can sit there, click on the, you know, annotation tools and say, no, no, no. What I meant was let's put the door here. Yeah. And then they draw the little door in there and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's let's do that there. And, you know, you can do a screen capture of like, you know, all the different, you know, iterations that you do. And and yes, it looks literally like at the at the end of one of the calls that we, you know, or we were going over just one room, and that one room looked like a typical piece of trace paper when you've got so many different people adding ideas onto it and it's so layered up with this user's magenta, this user's green, this user's yellow. And so there's like this, you know, rainbow of markups all over this, you know, thing. And, you know, you're like, yeah, that that's exactly what we want to do. And you add notes and you add all of this other stuff. And the person who was hosting, she was, you know, um, doing her markups in Bluebeam because she was hosting the Bluebeam session and then, so you had all of these different things and you do a screen cap and you basically post it into, and we're using OneNote as kind of like a collection point for, um, so we have like a shared folder that has, I'm, you know, putting all the, you know, task lists and open items and things that are coming in and I'm filtering it through all the different engineers and contractors and putting kind of like a task list together. And, oh, you know, we have open items and then we have like, Hey, we just had this call and here's the images, you know, that we had just talked about. If anybody has anything differently or they want to add meeting minutes to that, do that. And surprisingly enough, the communication has been pretty damn good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm envious of the markup tools. We don't have those because we're using teams. Zoom, man. Zoom is to me and they're they're just like, everybody asks us, you know, why we chose Zoom over the more native, um, Microsoft stuff, especially since everybody's using um, Outlook to schedule meetings and things like that. And you get your plug in for Zoom. But honestly, um, I I will preach when I shifted from just doing my normal, you know, like marking up things and stuff like that uh, in Adobe, doing one of the Adobe tools when I was opening up PDFs and it was really laborious to do your like really good markups in, you know, Adobe. So, uh, you know, you'd always totally need you'd, you'd, you'd print them out and, you know, you'd mark them up and then you'd scan them, right. You'd scan them, make a PDF <laughs> and then put them back into the system. And then when Bluebeam came around and I started using that more and more, I was just like, how did I get 
how did I survive without this tool? And we've done, you know, again, you know, now this, my fifth year at this office and doing a lot more video conferencing. Um, you know, we had gone from, uh, you know, Skype uh, Pro to Zoom and Skype Pro was fine to just have conversations and then present things, but not really do much more than that yeah. to being able to now literally mark up on the screen and, you know, continue to keep having those like really dynamic conversations going. Yeah. Now I'm just preaching, <laughs> you know, it's like zoom, zoom. I, I even, so now my wife is, you know, um, she's this past week has been, uh, teaching from home mm-hmm. and, you know, you want to, you want to talk about, um, I, I will say that, you know, we can, we can talk all day long about, you know, coordinating, uh, projects and, con- you know, con- contractors and onsite work and all this other stuff. And that is complicated. Sure. Try doing that with a bunch of first graders. Yeah. Oh my Lord. And, and so she had started off with, you know, just doing, I believe it was, um, some Skype chats or no Google Hangouts. And those were fine, but they, they didn't, you know, like apparently there was a limit of people signing into Google Hangouts and all these other things. And, and so I just showed her, I was like, look, use Zoom. And I showed her cause she's seen it, you know, me doing it all day long for yeah. and all day long. And, um, she's just like, that looks really easy. I'm like, it is. And so she did it and, you know, now she's, um, sold on it as well. And I was like, you know, this, it's a good tool to be able to do a lot more interacting. And you can see more than four people on the screen at the same time. And you can see more than four people at, at a time. Um, although most of us, because we're, you know, have either, um, refused to shave or comb our hair or change our clothes we we decide, you know, eh, maybe video chatting is not the way to go. Oh man, I feel like you have to. So we we do when we're doing like inner inner office calls. Um, yeah. we'll we definitely um do video chatting. Uh, you know, because we we don't care. It's just like, hey, are you day drinking? No, 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 no. <laughs> that's just that's just behind me. Uh, what? that's just where I set up my calls. <laughs> like, all right. Uh. Um, it's the only place I could set up my home office. <laughs> exactly. It's right next to my home bar. Right. Um, <laughs> Priorities. But I will say this, and um, I hope you guys have not experienced this, but I experienced several um, times where I have been welcomed into other people's bathrooms. <laughs> I heard about this. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. So we're sitting there, we're having a phone call, you know, we're having this phone call. We've got 30 people, 30 plus people actually on this call. It is a, you know, a owner, architect, um, contractor call. We've got subcontractors. We've got, you know, like countless people from the, uh, owner side of things, countless people from the architect engineer side of things. And then, um, you know, tons of people on the contractor side and we're all sitting there. And, you know, most of the time we always like, you know, just if you're not talking and you've got a lot of background noise, make sure that you mute your phone so that people can hear. And that's a constant that you're, that we're going to continue to say is, you know, mute your phones when you're, when you're not talking, you know, cause of the background noise. 
So then we hear rushing water. Now, we all knew what it was, but we were trying to ignore it and continue to move on. And you could hear people were kind of like, you know, the people who were talking kept stopping because they were almost. Am I really hearing this? Why am I hearing this? Why hasn't this person muted their damn phone? Why haven't they realized anything? And then, you know, la la la, and then flush. And the first time it happened, we just all died. I mean, we were laughing our ass off. Oh, dude, some somebody, I, I just heard a story about somebody who, they had the video going. Yeah, actually, so, uh, f- so you know, um, one of the guys from our office, he posted it on um, you know, he posted that, that experience that he and I had shared, um, with this person who will rename, remain nameless contractor, um, that, you know, was going to the bathroom in the background. And I was just like, thank goodness it wasn't a, a video call. And sure enough, this guy's wife, you know, had sent me a link of a lady who was on a video call with everybody else and, you know, went into the bathroom <laughs> Um, on a video call and you're like, wow, just, I mean, you hope that people are like yelling to her, you know, such and such, please, you know, like get off of, we see what's going on. Please stop doing that. I I didn't hear anybody like yelling to her. Hey, we're, you know, doing this in enough time for her to react to not drop trow and, go to the bathroom in front of everybody. You were like, oh, I feel so bad for her. So we, we did have a, a full-on uh, Michael Scott moment from the office. Oh, no. Where somebody, and they did this on purpose because they thought it would be funny, but I think it just kind of fell flat on his face. He, he did a, a meeting from his hot tub. Oh, jeez. <laughs> really? It, it was like, uh, people were like, it was a cringing, cringeworthy moment. It was just like, I gotta leave this meeting right now. So... My wife was telling me that they had a virtual staff meeting and everybody was doing video calls. And apparently one of the teachers just went ahead and did the video chat from their bed, laying in bed, just laying in bed, having this call. You're like, come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) So that's one of the things I think is worth talking about is that uh, decorum of video calls. Well, there's... No, just like get get up and get yourself ready in the for for work, right? And yes. and don't allow the laziness to creep in to the point True. where you are truly blurring the lines between work and home. Like get dressed, brush your hair, brush oh, your teeth, so like do all the normal things that you normally did because if you don't, like you don't you don't mentally shift into the workday and and then it is harder to turn it back off. Agree. I think it's yeah. just more of a mental mental fitness kind of a thing. So what you're saying is is that you don't you don't get up and change from your night pajamas to your day pajamas. <laughs> uh, day pajamas, yes. You don't have those. I'm dressed Hef- right the now. Hugh, Hugh Hefner work. smoking jacket. Uh, Ex- yeah, yeah, exactly. But wow, I mean, it it is so. I jokingly it's you know yes it's me who typically does this like you know starts all of our meetings off it's like thank you everybody for you know showing up i appreciate you know your time hopefully everybody's had a chance to go to the bathroom and knows where their mute buttons are <laughs> that's just like it's your it's my instant intro spiel. Oh, it, it, it totally is and people are just like <laughs> yeah yeah cormac we know now 
Just like do it in this one guy who was the the person we had experienced his his bathroom break. Uh-huh. He gets kind of incredulous because you know we know where it is and like and then I literally like have twice on this. He's like, do you? And then you'll hear, and then you'll hear like snickers in the background because, you know, the problem <laughs> is is that when you're doing these calls, it it pops up with who's actually making the noise in the background. Oh yeah, and so yeah, when you shows. see that that guy in the background, you know, his mic is hot and right. running, literally running. You're like, right. you you were the one, dude. You're getting so pissed off that I keep saying this, but you're <laughs> the one who needs to de- figure out where the mute button is yes i love it but you know nobody's called him out yet hopefully like maybe their their office people um have at least reached out to him and said you know uh but then i've also found so um i have a so i've been working at the dining room table which you know much to the chagrin of my daughter who normally works at the dining room table with all of her crafts and i we never really actually get to use our dining room table because it's filled with glitter and glue and clay and paper trimmings and all this other stuff. Um, so I've been working there and we have a bird clock and that bird clock, um, on the hour, every hour goes off and it's loud. And, um, you know, lovely during the day when you're not on a conference call, but when, so most of the time when I'm talking, it's usually at the hour, you know, at the top of the hour and it goes off. And then my cat has been, you know, voicing his opinion in the middle of uh, these meetings. And he's loud. He's he's like, dude, normally throughout the day, I'm the only one here and I like it that way. And so he like walks around, basically lo- he'll look at us and like meow at us, like, get out. I don't want you here. <laughs> and so he will meow so loudly that like people are like, Hi, Cormix cat. Like, oh, sorry. But, you know, but you'll hear. So we've we've had people who apparently live on a farm and have roosters. And you hear them in the background. And so during our normal contractor um, meetings, you will hear roosters in the background crowing, which is awesome. Um, you'll hear people's dogs and cats and kids. And normally, you know, at the same time, you know, like my wife does her teaching at the exact same time every day because of the routines that she wants to keep up with her class. And so she'll, you know, she'll be in one room, you know, trying to teach to, you know, uh, a virtual room of kids and you can kind of hear her in the background. And, and so uh, um, you'll hear every once in a great while people will be like, Oh, it's class time. That's why I had to be in another room. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think um, I, you guys are in a tiny, tiny house though we're in a tiny house <laughs> literally <and laughs> i had you know i wanted to move everything initially down into the basement and set it up there but i was worried about um connectivity but since it is a smaller house i don't think that i've really got that worry and so this weekend i'm gonna go ahead and move them down move myself downstairs because then most people are like uh in you know the the kids are they haven't started their like virtual world of of classrooms yet they're actually going to be starting on monday and so they um they're going to need to get up and move around and have a place to set up to do their um you know their classes and all that other stuff and so yeah 
Are they on spring um, break right now? Uh, well, so they didn't. We we had closed schools for two weeks, mm-hmm. and so it was really for the you know one for the state and also the school system to kind of assess where where they're at, what they need to do, and so they did. They said these two weeks are just going to be two weeks that we lose, um, which you know my son was okay with because he had to take the SAT during the middle of that, and so now he's got some you know more time. Or at least we say, now you have more prep time. He's like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. But he didn't have to take, he didn't have to take the SAT, but he also, you know, he doesn't get to take his AP classes or his AP tests and all that other stuff either. So there's some issues. We actually even saw, you know, a friend of ours, she, her son is a, um, a high school, a senior and, you know, they're, already planning on him, you know, not being able to walk and all that other stuff. And yeah, so right. it's a whole weird ramification going on there, but so they didn't take the spring break away, but now they've extended the, um, the time that the schools are staying closed until April 24th. And, um, they're now taking spring break from them. So mm-hmm. now we do not lose, you know, lose spring break, which was weird. I was like, you know, I mean, the thing about it was, is that, you know, when, where are you going to really go for spring break? <laughs> like, where, where'd you do spring break? Living room? Yeah. Oh, I, I adventured. Minecraft. I did it in a Minecraft world. I adventured <laughs> all the way out to walking around the block. And then when I saw somebody coming on the same side of the street as me, I crossed the road and went to the other uh, side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been experiencing <laughs> that? Yeah. Yeah. We we did <clears throat> we actually just did that because we were out on a, a lunchtime walk and there's people just kind of hanging out on the sidewalk and they have a stroller and a baby and it's just more out of respect for them and their space than right. anything. Like I don't I don't want to get anybody upset or feel like they were imposed upon. Uh, but I, it's kind of one of those things you just kind of have to feel it out and figure out what works and what does what what people are okay with and what they're not and kind of feel like it's going to be different all the time depending on who they are and have what you... they're scared of and. Have you been to like the grocery stores? Obviously, we went. I, Jesse's been back a couple times since. Uh, and the lines are still there, but you know they're at the local Trader Joe's. They're only letting in like five people uh, at, at every I don't know ten minutes or so. So man, it's like a sweet shopping experience. So they there's... haven't. So they haven't done that yet. But there's signs <laughs> posted everywhere on the ground, all over, and they're like. Real, real legit signs, not like, you know, some handwritten thing, but an actual printed sticky sign that they put on the grounds, you know, please observe the, you know, six foot uh, distancing, you know, social yeah. distancing and all that yeah. other stuff. Um, she did say there was tape on the floor uh, one time that she went back to kind of help I, guide people. I normally go at like five, between five and 5.30 a.m. when like nobody's there, which... yeah. Surprisingly enough, recently, but unfortunately, ain't nothing there at the in the store either. Mm. The the meat aisles, the it's um, weird. Everything. Yeah, I will. I will tell you this. Um, this is an interesting perspective that I had not thought about. We were in, and like I said, you know, there's like so many different nationalities around our area. So we've got people from all over the world living in our. Um, in our small little area. And so 
you can never really assume if anybody speaks English because they're, you know, they're from everywhere. And so mm-hmm. we were, when it first, when, when this first chaos started and, and people were clearing out all of the, um, um, the stores and then, you know, the, the kind of shelter in place quarantine, you know, self quarantining, social distancing, th- you know, order came down from our governor. There was a mad rush to obviously go in and basically buy everything in the store up. Everything in the store up. Yep. And so I'm walking through the aisle um, that has the bacon and sausage and and eggs and, and, you know, things like that on one side. And then on the other side of this aisle is all of the coffee. And usually my wife and I, as we're walking through the coffee, trying to look for it, we were like, coffee, 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 you know, the line out of, um, uh, uh, Moscow on the Hudson, um, where, you know, um, Robin Williams is a, uh, defector from, you know, Soviet Russia. And, you know, he's usually waiting in lines to get like a little teeny bag of coffee for like a month. And he comes to America and he sees like this whole big aisle filled with coffee. And he's just like absolutely freaking out over it. And he, you know, kind of like He's so overwhelmed by the choices that he sees in America that he like passes out. He's like, coffee, 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 and then passes out. <laughs> okay. And so we always, we're, we're, we always jokingly say that. And so we're standing in the aisle and I've passed this lady a couple times, you know, in, um, in some of the other aisles. And so we're standing in the aisle and she's, you know, probably a I don't know, five, 10 years older than me. Um, and so she's walking past and you know, every, every time I, you know, make eye contact with everybody in the store, cause it's like a completely empty store. And you know, me being me, I always make like little smart ass comments and, or something like that. And I just kind of like looked at her. I'm like, people. And she goes with a heavy Ukrainian accent. She said, she goes, it reminds me of growing up in the Soviet union. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, Oh, wow. Like, that's a perspective that I never, you know, assumed that I was going to, you know, have. Right. I'm like, wow. And and then, you know, we started talking about like, you know, other, you know, went on a slightly more um, diverse, you know, um, political tangent about people without and all that other stuff. And, but it was, it was interesting to like say, huh, so this is how we're acting. We literally yeah. are like, and uh, my wife's like so angered. She goes into a store just to look for, you know, she came out with a four pack of toilet paper a week and a half ago. And that's literally the only toilet paper we had in ours because it's been so cleaned out that um, she's like, we need to go for a drive. And if we, you know, today and let's like drive into the middle of nowhere and see if we can find a grocery store in, you know, the sticks that might actually have toilet paper because we're running low on some things. So just go to your neighbors and ask them because I bet they've got them. Well, she, so what was angered, you know, when she finally found that, that four pack, this lady had, um, like her whole cart was completely filled with toilet paper. And my <laughs> wife's like looking at her like, really lady, can't you just like, and then there was like another guy that was in there with their kids and there was two little, so she had like the big multi pack rolls, you know, like the, the 16, yeah. 24 yeah, pack rolls. Yeah, the giant bundle. And so hers was like completely filled with those. 
and they, she said there was literally two four roll packs left on the entire sh- um, shelves. And she walked up and at the roughly around the same time, this guy walked up and had his kid with him. And, you know, my wife could have easily, she walked up first and she could have easily like taken both rolls and said, you know, suck it. Mm-hmm. She left one. Actually, she, she had, she picked up both of them, saw the guy coming, put one back and then, you know, just said, um, you know, last one's there for you and just kept going, you know? So, I mean, <laughs> it has been very interesting to see the reactions. I mean, both good and bad, you know, people are stepping up to help people, um, you know, making sure that, you know, like some of your older neighbors are taken care of and all that other stuff. But then there's this weird little, like, you know, end of world savagery that people yeah, are going totally. through. Yeah, <clears throat> it's uh, that's that's frightening to see that behavior for sure. We went around to all of our neighbors uh, a week week ago, maybe last weekend, and uh, it was it was interesting because we just basically took it as an opportunity to say, "Hey, if you need anything, let us know." Like uh, anything, it, whether that means you know you need somebody to watch your kids. Like we're already homeschooling, and this was before everybody was kind of at home anyway. It was just it was just like. You know, things are changing quickly. If you need to run to the store and you can't take a kid or if you need just if you just need a roll of toilet paper, just come ask. Right. And uh, and it was interesting to see or hear and watch how people responded to that. Some of our neighbors who we had never met before were just like, oh, you know, cool. You too. Definitely. If you have anything, come and come and ask us. And then there was other ones were like, OK, thanks. Bye. Right. <laughs> and then there was other ones who were like, um, how can I help you? And like would not open the door, right? So it, it it's the full gamut of of responses that you could probably expect from from a very small sampling, you know, from a, a radius within, you know, a couple blocks of our house. It was just like all over the map for right. for the reaction type. And and I think that's kind of what you're seeing manifest in the stores too, right? There's people who are like, I'm just gonna take what I need right now, and there's other ones who are like, I'm gonna take what I need for the next two years. Right, exactly. It's just like we're not you know, you're, you're not restocking your bomb shelter. You're right. getting toilet paper, you know, just do your normal shopping. I mean, yeah. that's what I try to do is just do your normal shop. I, the, the other day, um, in fact, it was yesterday morning. I went and I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to grab a couple of boxes because normally I would grab a couple of boxes of, of, um, pasta so that, you know, cause kids love eating, you know, like either just butter noodles or whatever, you know, mac and cheese, whatever. And so normally I'll like grab, you know, like four or five boxes of them. I go in there yesterday and there's so very few on the shelves that I, you know, in the store was empty and sure I could have like grabbed all of them and put them in my, my cart. I grabbed two and felt guilty that I had two in there. And, but there was like maybe 10 left after I took the two. And, and so as I was like walking around, I literally circled back to the pasta aisle and put one back and said, yeah, yeah I, I think we can do away. We can do right. with one and I'll go, right. go back and f- hopefully there'll be some, you know, restock, but there are going to be other people coming here asking for, yeah. you know, looking for pasta as well. And I, you know, I, I just got greedy and took two of them when I only really needed one. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it is important to realize that we are all in this together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is, a, there is definitely a, a way of thinking. I think that would benefit more people than less if if people just realize that. So, what are you doing 
entertainment wise to kind of keep your mind off of things? That's a good question. We have, we, I have done a couple of virtual happy hours. That's cool. Which is, they're fun. I mean, because then you, you actually treat it like a real happy hour and you bitch about work and you also talk about other things. What, what do other people actually do when they're not working? What, you know, maybe everybody share a story of some, where have you lived before? Right. Things like that have come up and that's been really good it's also kind of good to just say like man this week sucked didn't it right everybody let's say it out loud uh we made it through though um so that that's been kind of cathartic in some in some ways because it, it just get lets everybody kind of release and, and let down their their guard and just be a little bit more normal i'm assuming that my invite got lost in the mail <laughs> dude i will invite you to the next one for sure yeah i guess that the mail is the mail system it's still working right yeah yeah just not at your house no they they're yeah. still well, apparently mine got you know maybe they dropped it off at one of the other well ones, it was so. weird there was a there was a male person in our happy hour maybe they took your mm. that must have been it that must have been it totally yeah <laughs> yeah my wife is uh resorted to let's find every single disaster movie possible to watch Oh God! Feed the frenzy! <laughs> oh, it's just—it's awesome. I mean, so I think we've watched, you know, 2012, and she's one of her favorites is always, you know, Day After Tomorrow and Twister. Anyway, just because it's one of those ones that you just like—they're just dumb movies, but something about them that you just want to keep watching anyway. And so she does that, and and then yeah, the other day we were talking about, you know, because obviously my son's. Or at least, uh, you know, my middle child, he's just like, oh, it's, we got to like gear up for the zombie apocalypse. I think he's just hoping that it's the zombie. Oh yeah, totally. Yes. And so, um, Magdalene is just like, I'll outrun the zombies. And I'm like, we need to watch 20, uh, you know, 28 days later. She goes, what's that? That was just like full sprint zombies. And she's, oh no, no, no. <laughs> you guys should watch the road. Yeah. Oh, thank That's you. That's a downer. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I mean, we've we've read the book, we've watched the movie a couple of times, but we haven't watched it recently. So yeah. Um, and then didn't somebody just put a Venn diagram up of, or just a diagram of like disaster or post-apocalyptic like movies and books and stuff? I haven't seen it. Uh, yeah, that'd be great though. It, it's it does it like show how they overlap with different common themes and stuff like that? It's just the idea. It just it it shows all of these different things, and then in the center it says your current situation. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> you should go, you should definitely add uh, San Andreas to the list too. If you guys haven't seen that, that's a fun one. Yeah, I saw that one. I have a. Oh, I mean, it was it welcome was to a, California. Yeah. Um, well, 2012 is you know California, which is so funny. Is like, why is everybody else? unable to drive through the streets as the streets are heaving and splitting yeah, apart and all totally, this other stuff. Totally. <laughs> but, you know, John Cusack <laughs> in a limousine can, like, jump all of these big caverns and all of this other stuff. I'm like, you know what? If, you know, if things do go south, I'm finding John Cusack. I need him to help me through this. He can do anything. Yeah, we, we've watched, we watched a movie on, uh, we watched some really, really old movie last night called, um, my father was a, I don't know, some football term that I don't know. Uh, uh, doesn't matter. It's it was like from the the thirties or something because oh, we wow. had we had grandpa over last night, and uh, I've noticed the Netflix is very slow. I don't know if you've noticed this, but 
even the interface on the Apple TV for Netflix is super slow. And I can only imagine it's because it's all being pushed out from the server and oh, it's sure. just being nailed. Uh, so Disney Plus seems to be just fine. Uh, Amazon Prime seemed to be just fine. Um, yeah, I don't know what the I, deal I is. Haven't, I haven't had any issues with Netflix because I was constantly bombarded with people telling me, dude, you need to watch Tiger King. And so my wife and I decided to start watching that yesterday. And we keep look, we kept looking at ourselves like, why the hell are we watching this? And then <laughs> it was like a, you know, car crash where you're like, I can't stop watching this. Oh, really? I, I haven't, I haven't played that. I did see it on there, but you could do yourself a favor and, and watch it a little bit. And then you're, you, so it, it's, it's to a point where you're like, okay, I really want to shut this off. I'm done with this. I don't want to watch anymore, but I just can't. You're like, I got to find out what happens. Does this person do this and that and stuff? And it is, um, it is a world that apparently we have just never been privy to. And now we've been welcomed into their world and wish that we hadn't been. Wow. Well, our thing is, and has been for quite a while now since pre pre COVID-19 as well was the, uh, the great British baking show. Every episode well, that, yeah, that can be found, my my wife and I must watch, and her more than me for sure. Oh. But it's that's our our escape from reality, and it is a good one. It has yeah, inspired yeah. her to bake. She actually now has a notebook of ideas, and oh. she she made some biscotti last night. So it's uh it's turning out to to well, work in my you favor. Have, you have my address. You can in well apparently mailman might do. get that. Too. Apparently you don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Magdalena's uh, you know, big on all of the baking shows and stuff and so and she um so both my wife and my middle child have both celebrated quarantine birthdays. So like I, I the I was able to score a really big fat T bone steak for him. Mm-hmm. And I and so it like literally like it was cobbled together like what food do you want? And so he had <laughs> T bone steaks and um uh mozzarella sticks w- was his birthday dinner like happy birthday <laughs> and then <laughs> and then there was like um we had to go to three different stores to find um and cobble together fixings for um for a cake and so um you know we you know magdalena she's you know because she's the big you know baker loving loves to watch all the shows and stuff she made him a cake she's you know, ever since she, I think, turned like seven, she's always wanted to. And now that she's 12, she's always wanted to do everybody's birthday and, you know, make make the birthday cake. And so, you know, she went from giving the box cakes to just like, you know, actually making, you know, from scratch cakes. And she's gotten really good at it. And so this was actually one of the best ones she's made. And it was just nice. basically from like cobbled, like cobbled food from this store and that store and this store and that store. And the only thing that she, you know, didn't feel like doing was um, frosting, which apparently is a high necessary item in the apocalypse is oh. everybody like stole. There was not one lick of frosting. Oh, man. In, you like, can make frosting. For, well, you could if they had sugar. There was <laughs> no sugar. There was oh, my no gosh. butter. There was nothing. I I. Did I not send you the the picture of of our oh, shelves? Oh, I think you did. Yeah, yeah. they were just barren, crazy. Yeah, we haven't experienced that. It's yeah. it hasn't been 
that crazy well, here. We're we have been, and uh, you know we're we're still expecting the the a greater order of talking about some of this stuff, and and now that the U.S. has surpassed um, the rest of the world in number of cases, and we were, you know, and we can end on the doom and gloom. Uh, <laughs> but yes, but the leave, so, leave this episode on a cliffhanger. So, you know, my wife was looking at the cases in Michigan. Obviously we've got family there. Her mother lives there, her you know, mm-hmm. brother and, you know, aunts, uncles, cousins, all of that other stuff are there. And so, you know, we're obviously concerned about them as well as our family in Florida. And Florida's right now, um, an interesting case in itself. But so she was looking at Michigan specifically. Mm-hmm. And so she just looked at a seven day period. And in, in the chart from the seven day period, it went from just under 700 cases to at the end of that seven day period, 3,600 cases hmm. and an exponential curve in the number of deaths from those cases as well. And people are just like not taking it very seriously. And it's, it's, been you know now well in 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 just it's just so like everybody you know this is just one of those things that please just if you're you know a conspiracist or something like that and you don't want to listen to your government maybe at least your local governments pay attention to them Mm. because maryland just now hit a thousand yeah well and the thing is is like people aren't really getting tested until they actually are addressed, you know, showing symptoms because right. the hospitals just can't keep up with the, or, or a lot of people are not, not going in and getting tested. So the, the number of cases could be any number. Uh, it's just, those are the confirmed numbers because right. people have gone in and got tested. Well, the good thing is, is that our, you know, because we do have the, some of these world-class medical, um, you know, testing agencies like NIH and, Walter Reed uh, Army Medical Hospital and, you know, Johns Hopkins and all of these other ones and Georgetown um, Medical, all within our general area. You know, they're, they are making it, um, you know, some of these tests um, available. And so, you know, slowly but surely people are actually starting to do that. But I just wish they would actually, like, pay attention to the other things that people are asking them to do, like maybe not go out with your entire family to, you know, some gathering of other people. Yeah. Anyway. My mom, my mom, I was like, Hey, what are you guys doing? They're like, well, we ignored the governor's orders and we got together with friends. I'm like, okay, boomer. <laughs> You're like, guys. Stop acting like a child. Come on. Uh, so, so, uh, there is, so let, you know, let's talk about this a little bit differently though. So, now, you know, the boomer is an, an interesting one. So, you know, the boomer um, generation happened, obviously, as people were returning from uh, World War II. And so there was the baby boomer generation and stuff like that. So right. um, are we expecting the quarantine babies? Yeah, totally. Seen that seen that come up a couple times now. Whatever quarantine, or we can start calling them the virus. The virus generation. Quarantennials. Quarantennials. There you go. I think that's how we should. That's, that's the title right there. Quarantennials. <laughs> Done. All right. Till next time. Yes, absolutely. To be continued. 
Oh, you can bet I know, I know 